can you tell us about Tanya Harding? I don't know a Tony Harding. <laughs> Aren't you her bodyguard? The way they lied, those days have to be over. Bob here. We're back to chart some more of the Oscar noms. Uh, I'm Matt Hayes, and joining me from Chicago, he uses a fart app to laugh on cue. Bob Panalo. Hey. <laughs> What's happening, Hazard? That's not much, man. Uh, and uh, this is, of course, the analysis. We're talking post, and I, Tanya, gonna keep plowing through some of the the heavy hitters. That's you know, come Oscar time. Or, you know, just good movies we've seen. You know, forget about yeah, award of season. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, and nice. it is, this is a this is the time where I'm doing a lot of, uh, of doing the rounds in terms of the Oscar noms and all the best movies out right now are uh, are normally nominated. So, yeah, I'm you know, just <clears throat> checking out some of these films. Excited to talk yeah, about it's, these films. I mean, what, whether or not you give a shit about, so... Uh, the absurdity of uh, award ceremonies and you know Hollywood, uh, award, you know, congratulating itself and and all the the negativity sur- surrounding it, it does provide a nice roadmap of of what's good, you know, like it does. what's worth seeing. It does, but yeah, for to to you can't necessarily look at an actor's career and you know do do stats like their Super Bowl wins or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but right with that said, there are. I mean, Spielberg and Tom Hanks working on a movie is kind of like Belichick and Brady working, if if you ask me. In terms, yeah, of, and have they? Uh, I mean, was Castaway? No, it wasn't. No, that was Zemeckis. They've worked together on a few times. They worked together in the Terminal. I remember them. It was, oh we yeah, the, the foreign. Uh, I'm the, delayed long time. Yes, yeah, and then they uh, Private Ryan, of course. Uh, oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. So they've 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 done a few, uh, and then he was actually in Catch Me If You Can, which was directed by. Um, Spielberg and of course Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio. Everybody yeah, drink. Everybody drink. So they, yeah. So they so they've uh, they they've they've gone up to bat a few times. It's not like Scorsese and Leo or um, or you know Scorsese and De Niro, for example. But uh, or, or you know, I mean, it's kind of like you know PTA and uh, Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah, and you know, whenever, I just, whenever they get together and make magic. I think you know, in in um, I remember TJ and Dave and their documentary. Trust us, this is all made up. They'd kind of mentioned in improv. It's you, you only get really good if you do it with the same people over and over again for long periods of time. Yeah. That's when you can really get in in sync. And that's you know I, I'm I'm sure that rings true with with director and acting combinations. And you know you can yeah, start to figure it, out it each other's rhythms and and you can almost. And so I remember um, <clears throat> speaking of Itania. I remember Margot Robbie in an interview kind of just talking about how interesting it was just to watch Leo and Scorsese communicate uh, on that set just because they had obviously had uh, so much work together that they could almost kind of answer each other's sentences, you know, that kind of uh, cliche. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so... And then he, he goes off and wins an Oscar with a guy he never worked with yeah. before. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Some guy who barely speaks English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure their shorthand was great. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah, let's dive in, man. The post. Let's let's lead off with the post. Me and you both kind of uh, didn't dog this movie, but we're lukewarm. No, we dogged it. uh, We dogged it. We called it required reading. Yeah. We called it it, Spotlight Junior. 
Spotlight Jr., but Spotlight was a great movie, uh, and I really enjoyed it. It did win an Oscar. But, um, yeah, so, like, uh, it just felt like such an Oscar grab. And then I was like, you know what? It feels like the right time to see it, and I did. And I was I, I was like, oh, and I texted you right afterwards. Like, you got to see this. And then I went, yeah, uh, and I went and saw it, and I loved it. <laughs> so what the yeah, hell do we I, do? Love, I, I, I loved it. I loved uh, it, Speaking too. of the sports-to-movies correlation, it's almost like how when I'm thinking of prospects that the Lions are going to draft, and I'm like, oh, this guy's uh-huh. going to be totally great, and then we don't draft him, but he ends up being an absolutely terrible pro. Uh, I guess mm-hmm. it's the same way for me judging trailers because <laughs> i just like, oh, this movie looks like dog. I didn't think it looked like dog shit but i just thought it was like ugh. i felt like it was gonna be like when i had to watch j edgar you remember the j yeah. edgar movie and i was just I, like, ne- I never saw it uh, it was just like dragging me through the mud for three hours uh but no this was um uh first of all it was incredibly fast-paced uh yeah yeah it's so tight and like uh, the tension is there throughout and there's that, no I mean, wasted that... space there's like it's, yeah it's it completely moves along Everyone that's saying this movie is like boring and dull is an idiot. Like, like people are like, "Oh, I only made it twenty minutes. Like, it was boring." It was, I, I'm like, Who said what that? are you watching? I, I overheard some pe- some you know uh, people some over- brunchers. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, some some diners um, a couple nights ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just like every every moviegoer out here who just is so entitled to such an nth degree yeah. to some sometimes. Um, but man, like you know, you know. It, Everyone talks about Meryl and how she's so fucking great, and he kind of gets old uh, after a while. But uh, but well, didn't you see her carry a movie like this and just uh, just a scene where like someone's got to make a decision on whether or not to run an article or not, and like everyone's gathered around. That moment was amazing. Yeah, it was incredible. It, she's host hosting her own birthday party or something. She has to, she's called away into this room. And it's like. Ten people are on the line, and they all yeah, and want it's different like, answers. It's like you know the the stakes are so for for it being a, a a movie about a paper, and and it's the same with all the president's men, and even with Spotlight because it, it's about a newspaper article, but the stakes end up being so high because they uh-huh. kind of drift into these um, uncharted waters with these very powerful people, and you know the press is so important, um, and there's you know and obviously. This movie is very timely and insightful, and there's a reason why Spielberg's making this movie today. He could have made this movie at any point, but there's, you know, and it's right. the, the current administration, their approach to the media, their approach to censorship. So, like, clearly this is Spielberg's kind of uh, opinion and observation of that. Um, and, and, you know, this is kind of an example of, of the power of the press and, and what the press needs to be. But, you know, there's that moment where it's like – you could go to jail for perjury. Um, you could you mm-hmm. could lose the paper. You could, like all these pe- these hundreds, two hundred uh, journalists and these all these board members and, and everybody could be out on the streets if we make a wrong move here. And just to kind of have the the uh, to be brave enough to to make that decision, you know. Especially in in and another thing about Streep in this movie is normally she's playing these very powerful you know, uh, well-centered women. And, and that's not the case with her here. She's very, uh, she second guesses herself. She's very vulnerable. Uh-huh. Yeah. She, uh, you know, she, she, she's in this room full of men. He's like old, rich white men. And, you know, she kind of has, she has trouble making a decision uh, to see her kind of go through a full character arc and that, and make the biggest decision in the history of her paper. Um, those are incredibly high stakes, incredibly compelling. So I don't know how people can tell you that this is boring. I th- I think it's just uh, it's just people that uh, only go to see 
action movies during the summer. I, I mean, that's that's my only uh, explanation. But we're, then, we're, why you, you know what this movie? I mean, you've seen at least the trailer. You know the the players involved. You you, you know that there's not going to be any explosions. Like, if that's your thing, then why even go? Like, why even walk in? But yeah, yeah, I I think it it comes down to a little bit of um being a negative. Uh, you you feel like more of a critic than people that just says, yeah, it's good. I liked it. Where you're like, oh, I didn't like it. What? You didn't? Why? Oh my god, I want to find out why you didn't like it. But it's it's just to to direct attention to your own opinion. I think yeah. where they, they just don't like it because everyone else does. Um, <sighs> but not that not that everyone's praising it. I it, it seems to be kind of coming in under the radar just because everything is coming out at the same time. Yeah, that's a good um, point. That's a good point. I, and, I mean, uh, I think I do... the name, the the names of the the top build, it being Spielberg and it being Tom Hanks and Streep. I mean, the picture, the poster is just, it just says Streep and Hanks on it, pretty much. And it's got yeah. a picture of them on the steps of, like, a Washington monument or something. Yeah, the the I think Spielberg's name isn't. Uh, I mean, unless it's like a blockbuster, I don't think people really champion his films as much. I mean, like, I, yeah. Did it, you see that like Spielberg really documentary on HBO? Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. That was so great. Yeah. Yeah, I was actually thinking a lot about that when I was watching this movie because even when he was talking about Munich and he he'd come out with Munich right after 9/11 and it was mm-hmm. the whole hunt for these terrorists and the the correlation that he was trying to make in that movie too and that's why I was like, okay, like this is a movie about the post. We just kind of have spotlight like why is he telling me this? Like why is he showing me this movie? Cuz like clearly he he he's doing he he tells these movies or he shows these movies um with a purpose. So I mean it's incre- it's mo- probably the most timely and insightful movie that came out this year. Honestly. The Post. Yeah. Yeah. I mean cuz cuz Nixon is Trump in a way. Yeah. And this as as soon as the movie ended, I I just wanted to go watch All the President's Men. It's it's such a cool like prequel yeah, like like an yeah, unofficial going, prequel. Well, and that's another really cool thing that that came up with this was I've never known the Washington Post to not be this iconic, uh, you know, paper. So to kind yeah. of see it when it's like this kind of almost like a family paper, this like little paper, and how they they wouldn't even yeah, be yeah. able to sit in the same bench as the New York Times, you know. And then you're going. I mean, I'm like, God, all the president's men has to come out or the, the Watergate scandal has to come right on the heels of this. And so it's right pretty, on the heels. Yeah. yeah and and Nick, Nixon's like, I don't want a single Washington Post guy at any function. They're not allowed anywhere, blah, 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 blah. And then Watergate happens. And so now I want to go watch that movie to remind myself, like, how hard was it for them? To, like, like, why did this deep throat guy come out to the Washington Post? Like, they must have been completely blackmailed and yeah you know why not why not why didn't the times get that story see the thing about the post where the times had the story originally but they got kind of cockholded or yeah yeah they had the pigeonhole so the post kind of picked up and ran with it but it wasn't really given to them at first it was kind of i mean you know people were walking into rooms hey are you important here take this yeah yeah Uh, whereas with uh president's men they had to like go digging for it and and yeah what's his name who was you know Right before he died, the last year he revealed himself, uh, the deep throat guy. Yeah, yeah, but it, but uh, you know he that they kind of had to do some investigative journalism to kind of get that guy to, to come out of the woodwork. But yeah, this one um, wasn't necessarily as much about the investigative part as it was just having the nuts to, of a to, you know female to owner print of the paper. it. Yeah, 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 because they really didn't. They don't spend a ton of time on the on the article itself or on the articles that they're printing it's all about yeah. the legality of printing 
which yeah. is kind of another wrinkle in the in the, I mean, if this is a genre, the whole uh, uh, journalistic integrity genre. Um, but you know, I I really find in, in especially because me and you kind of came from you know we had studied broadcast journalism in school and stuff. I I, I really find these the notion very riveting and very dramatic. Yeah, it's insane to be like. Yeah, we could go to jail for for thirteen years. Like, like what? What do you? What's the pro? You know, I, that's so weighted to the the side of you know the the enemy, where it's like, well, no, we have, we have an obligation. Yeah, we, we have an obligation to, that, to the country. And 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 what is what what is what does the country get out of it that their government lied to them about the war? I mean, it, that's not even news anymore. Yeah. Like people wouldn't give a shit, and and these people are risking their careers and their their lives. Well, it's about um, truth seekers, you know. It's about yeah. how truth seekers will find you. And even today's age, you can cry fake news all you want, but the the truth and the the people who truly care about this profession and and its importance in our nation are going to find you, and they they will find the truth. So yeah, I mean it's yeah. it's an incredible movie. And then I mean just the the cast. This this is probably the best supporting cast in a very long time. What an incredible ensemble. I mean, everyone's like banging on First the of all, you've got Letts. You've got Tracy Letts, who's also in Lady Bird. And that that kind of stuff just always blows my mind, how these certain people can just drive from set to set on amazing movies in one year. Remember like when yeah. McConaughey was doing Dallas Buyers Club, and then he would just get in his car and drive over to the Wolf of Wall Street set and then just do a scene there, uh-huh. and then he would like yeah. drive over to – uh, True Detective season one, and it was just like just like bouncing from set to amazing pro- pro- uh, project to project. So you've got like Tracy Letts, Tracy Letts, who like shaves his beard and then drives down the street and is is doing this. Um, you've got uh, the Jesse Plemons kid, like he's always kind of buzzing around movies. David Cross, Sarah Paulson, uh, Odenkirk. Odenkirk is the best. He's like my favorite character in this movie. I know he was great. I, I he's the, so good at the the serious roles. Yeah, man. and then it, but you forget I, I la- that he's hilarious. I really love seeing uh, Odenkirk and David Cross as old men on the same screen together. Yeah, though. yeah, because the uh, uh, old old ba- you know, Bob, Bobby Dave, yeah, Mister Show. Um, yeah, Sarah Paulson, Tom Hanks, Meryl Streep, Tracy Letts, Bradley Whitford. Yeah, always yeah, really he's good. always good. Eric, Eric, is, Eric is a bad, bad man. I can't see that guy and not think. Uh, I can't. Yeah, Billy Madison. But I know he's always the great, like uptight, snooty, fucking business dude. He's he's just cornered that his whole career. Uh, Jesse Plemons as well as like the guy. Oh who's shit! Like, oh, Brad- I, I- Bradley Whitford was in Get Out, also nominated. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he's the yeah a lot the of evil. God. Anyway, you were saying. Well, that well, that's why at the end of the year, all the good movies come out, and you know, all the best actors are in the the best movies. That's crazy. But uh, Jesse Plemons as uh, Roger Clark, the um, that what the lead attorney, attorney for the, yeah, and he's like, oh hey, yeah, you know, nice to meet you, and wait, what are you guys doing? Yeah, uh, <laughs> he's just like thrust into this. Well, yeah, 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 pull up a seat, grab And they're, they're going to the whoa, Supreme whoa, Court whoa, next whoa. week. And then, like, you know, yeah. his number two is Zach Woods, who's great. But that, it was so funny where it was just like, oh, we're going to go we're gonna go to the court, and if we win that. Um, but, no, I, this was a lot of fun. It was riveting, and uh, actually I, I want to see all the President's Men as soon as I can because it's the perfect, like, lead-in where you got that phone call from Nixon and then the people are poking around Watergate, and you're like, wow, they, like, they went – 
<laughs> they they put their nuts on the table uh, to make themselves the post and get revered, and then right away is Watergate. So yeah, and all of a sudden you know, you're just the most credible source in all of journalism. So. It was actually kind of it, it, I mean it was a more um, interesting origin story than any superhero movie I've seen. In <laughs> That's an awesome point. They should show them back to back. They should show them like how yeah. they show the the. Uh, Star Wars stuff where you could watch like three or four of them or like Harry Potter or yeah. something. They should show this and then you should just get all the presidents mad in one viewing. Um, yeah, yeah, that's the kind of like a uh, marathon I'd be into. The, uh, I did, I, I do think that spotlight kind of touched on something that I, I didn't know the depths uh, of, you know, I mean the Pentagon papers you and, and like all the shit that went down with, with, uh, uh, Vietnam. I, I mean, I've never read the Pentagon Papers or gone back and read any of the many articles that came out about all the stuff they had on it. But I kind of get the idea. Like they ran this. Um, uh, what? Um, yeah. Well, they 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 were running a, a study. Testing. Yeah, the study, and it's like, yeah, well, this isn't working. Like all the all, like so we're gonna, we're gonna lose the war. Were, they had like classified journalists that were running a study that they were going to review you know, many years from today to try to learn from mistakes that were being made in the Vietnam War. But all yeah. the while, with this information, they were still lying to the public about how well we were doing in the um, in the war itself. And, and so, how much we needed to keep going. And, like, yeah, we're I – mean, but then – And it was just, all over like, national humility because they didn't want to admit yeah, that they so lose a dumb. war. Yeah, exactly. They, they didn't want to admit that they lost a war, uh, which they did, and – I mean, who really cares? Yeah, I guess the conflict. Um, they call it a con. We lost the conflict now, but yeah, fucking yeah. So it's it's the, the it's such a closely guarded secret of nothing really. Um, whereas we're spotlight. You're like this is like hundreds of years of priests molesting children, and and they have this this. Every, no one wants to talk, and it's like they really got to dig out the facts. As opposed to just being given a list of, yeah, you know, just exactly. just being given the study, and be like, uh, should we publish this? Uh, so I think Spotlight, I guess the stakes were a little bit higher, but uh, again, the tension with with the post was was there, and I think that's just pulled off by the the ensemble of a great cast. Yeah, I agree. All right, well, so well, let's real move on quick, to I the nominees. No, we don't have to guess nominees anymore. Uh, the nominees were just Picture Streep, and is that it? Pick. Picture and Streep, yeah. Okay, I don't so, think she wins, um, and I don't think it wins for Best Picture. Um, no, I, I don't think she wins because it seems to be Frances McDormand's to lose. Um, again, and, and I've heard some people say, "Oh, it's not the best Streep," but I was like, "This might be one of the more challenging ones for her because she's not playing someone with a strong backbone and this all-powerful woman. You know, she's playing." Uh, she's she has to play vulnerability yeah. and you know, lack of self confidence and I you know it's something that's a little bit new for her and or at least new for me seeing her in and I I thought it was that much more compelling. Where do but. you rank her in terms of her um, chances? You got uh, Sally Hawkins, Shape of Water, Francis McDormand, Three Billboards, Margot Robbie, I Tanya, Saoirse Ronan, Lady Bird. I think those are the top. Or I think Sh- uh, Saoirse Ronan and uh Francis McDormand are one and two. I might put her above uh Sally Hawkins and um I Tanya, uh Margot I, Robbie. I would put her performance above Hawkins and uh Robbie, but I think she, Sally Hawkins probably has a better shot. I think Yeah, it's kinda like it's kinda like 
Streep's almost competing against herself like LeBron James competes against himself. Yeah. I'm doing a lot of sports analogy, analogies today. Like he could like be LeBron MVP competes against year. himself or MVP or like even Hanks. Hanks or Spielberg, like they really got to outdo themselves rather than the field. Yeah, once you win for a movie like Saving Private Ryan, you got to really work your ass off to win again. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and also for Spielberg, um, Schindler's List. I mean, you know, when's that guy going to win another Oscar? Uh, it, there's a, there is a little bit of that. Um, okay, so yeah, I Tanya, uh, move into that. Um, this was a lot of fun. Um, I think it is. It, it was it was overrated to me. I think because when when people well, people kind of came out of the gate really strong around here, and like some people I talked to had already seen everything before I got a chance to even get in a few. And I was like, well, uh, you know, I just saw three billboards, and you know, I got the I got the post, I got I Tanya, I got. Uh, Blah, 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 blah. And he's like, see, I tanya next. Yeah, but people were like, everyone was like, oh, we got to see that next. That's the next one. I didn't get around to it until now, and I only have Darkest Hour left to watch. But uh, I, I like the most English of them all. Yeah, I, I really liked it. It was a lot of fun. I don't really care that much about Tanya Harding. Uh, I was more of a Nancy. Well, here's my thing I was more of a Nancy Kerrigan guy. And... <laughs> okay. All right. Well, you know, of course. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Uh, my thing was. Did you see the 30 for 30 on her? The, no, I guess I didn't. So they did a 30 for 30. Like a while a ago. Lot of the, uh, maybe like two or three years ago. Okay. Uh, and it was all about, you know, the Nancy Kerrigan clubbing. And yeah. They, it, was, it was about Tanya's life. And uh, this movie is pretty much that. Yeah. Um, even because it does docudrama style. Where you know the characters are breaking the fourth and talking directly to the audience, and that's exactly how the thirty for thirty was. Mm-hmm. It, it was like, some of the dialogue is mm-hmm. even lifted straight out of the documentary. So I I had already kind of experience re-experienced the story in a way, so it kind of didn't hit as hard to it's me. A little tired, but I thought that um, so some of the Tanya Harding stuff itself uh, I didn't play as much to me. Mm-hmm. I thought the fascinating stuff was with her mother, the relationship with her mother and what it takes to make a champion. Uh-huh. And it's a yeah. very, it, it's, it's very similar to JK Simmons and whiplash. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of I the, think about I, you know, the most damning words in the English language, the two most damning, damning words are good job. And it even, um, speaking of another sports documentary, uh, you ever watch the Barry Sanders sports documentary, uh, the, uh, football life on the NFL network. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. His dad, Reminds yes. me a lot. Of yeah, Alice we're like Janet, J- his favorite running back is Jim Brown. Yeah, he, he, <laughs> yeah, his dad announces him in the Hall of Fame as the third best running back of all time. Yes, amazing. <laughs> and he, uh, his dad tells him, you know, his dad's this huge Oklahoma fan, and Barry Sanders gets a full ride scholarship to Oklahoma State. And he goes, well, I'm going to be rooting for Oklahoma every single year. And he, every, you know, he, he he's just – his dad was like – and Barry at the end of the documentary says – he apologizes to his kids because he's like, I don't have what my dad – like I'm not going to be able to give you what my dad gave me, which was just this tough love that like drove me to greatness. Yeah. And just never – you know, and so there's that scene – there's that really nice scene with Tanya and her mother and she's at the diner and, and, and Alice and Janie talks about it on that video I sent you. Mm-hmm. But she says, you know, oh, sorry, I didn't bake you brown betty, brown, uh, like brownies and I didn't give you love and kisses. I made you a champion. So it reminded me a lot of uh, Fences with Denzel. Like, like you? I don't gotta like you. Yeah. Yeah. It's 
and and you know even I mean we were kind of talking about the the mother daughter relationship when we were talking about Ladybird, but it's just it's it was a it was kind of hilarious at times. Just the the, the mother was just like the chain smoking and the you know the tough as nails mom, but uh, the the violence in the movie not only and kind of Alice, Alice and Janney talks about it, but it's not even just the throwing of the knife violence but just mm-hmm. the verbal violence uh, oh yeah that came out. unrelenting uh yeah d- this... yeah yeah and um uh, but it really becomes a movie about class and in figure skating R- is like a kind of a rising above backdrop. your station yeah yeah well because th- she was rejected in a lot of ways because she wasn't because she wasn't part of the glamour party that is yeah she wasn't playing all, playing skating. by the rules or, um, and she came out. She had rock music instead of classical music, and she had to make her own costumes. And she didn't come from money, but she was just this like su- superior athlete. Yeah. And she had to overcome more. And the movie, in a lot of ways, tries to make you think like she could have been without the, this idiot husband of hers. She could have been like a people's champion. Mm-hmm. You know, she's this person that's kind of like us. That's coming out. She's not from superior wealth or class, and you know, she just had enough want to to kick ass and kick these women's ass that yeah know. you know she 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 really was robbed of the opportunity to kind of be everyone's champion um you know and then she makes that great you know she's kind of like she gets america kind of abuses her kind of like jeff galuli does you well know? uh you remember i mean this uh that the incident in detroit 1994 that was a, that yeah. was i remember that was a big deal um i mean that was so the joe lewis arena is the is a major moment yeah. in two acclaimed movies, this movie and the uh, Straight Outta Compton, where uh, they all get arrested. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Joe Lewis is where uh, is where Nancy Kerrigan got struck down, right? Is it Joe Lewis? Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a huge deal. I mean, it, it's funny to think like figure skating was kind of like a massive event that everyone huddled around the TV to watch at the time, but. It was just it was great drama, and I think it was even before the Tanya Harding came on the scene. It was it was, I mean, I remember it being a big deal, and maybe it was maybe it was afterwards, so everyone tuned in to watch, like they said. But uh, I mean, you know, Oksana Bayul and uh, Nancy Kerrigan. It was like, can Nancy Kerrigan upset Oksana Bayul? I remember I remember that being the story. Not, there was Michelle Kwan too. Yeah, and not necessarily Tanya Harding. I I, I mean, yeah, you you kind of have a vague idea of, oh yeah yeah that the thing with uh, Nancy Kerrigan getting hit, but. I remember, like, Tanya Harding, I was like, what, did she finish, like, third or something? Because I, I remember, but she finished eighth, and it was, like, a total non-factor. And Yeah. The, I mean, by that point, she was so, the the mentally, she was so yeah, checked out. Was there was no way she was ever going to compete. And then the whole, but I remember waiting for her. I remember watching that broadcast, and everyone wanted to see how Tanya was going to skate with all this controversy and the whole, like, my skate, the lace on my skate is broken. Nice she was late skate. to come out. Yeah, she was like late to come out, and then she started like skating around for like two minutes, and she like quit and had to like go reset, and it was just like bizarro land. Yeah, uh, and it was just completely embarrassing to all of it was. It was almost like those cool runnings, the Olympic <laughs> directors, like how embarrassed yeah. they got. You know, it was almost like uh, they, they just hated her. She was such a stain on the on this glamour sport of. So I guess there, there's only a handful of skaters, uh, female skaters, going to do a triple axel now. Um, and when they filmed this movie, I think one of the there was some competition going on or like qualifying for Winter Olympics. So the body doubles they got for her 
weren't able to do it. So they actually filmed a double axle and was able to like speed it up. Yeah, or something. something like that. I, I I read like an article about the director or or Margot Robbie talking about it because I I actually looked up like how much of this did she do like where. Because I know there's a lot of CGI with like the uh, slow motion, but I was wondering mm-hmm. if they like mapped her face under these bodies, and I, I was trying to like watch for when that would happen because uh, that's kind of interesting to me. But I guess she uh, she was able to do a minute a minute of each routine, I guess uh, within a f- three months. This this guy yeah. this guy got with her and and got her trained up to be able to do like the famous routines, like most of them, uh, which is actually insane. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, if that's – I always want to think if I had the time, if I was just training with a figure skater coach for a month or two and that's all I was doing, I, you know, I might be able to pull off a minute on each routine. I don't know. Do you think so? Uh, I don't know. Well, because you got to, like, get all limbered up. And then you're, like – you know, you're a working actress, Margot Robbie. You got all this shit to do as well. I mean, can you just go away for three months and, uh, and just really focus to that degree on – I mean, did she know how to do it at all beforehand? I mean, did you have to like completely learn how to skate and then, well, because uh, she was like doing a lot it was of like, like Natalie Portman knew how to do ballet before she did yeah. Black Swan. Well, that, that was part of it. So she had to do ballet classes and gymnastics stuff, and then you finally get on the ice, and you know, because it's kind of all like the you know, you vibe it out at the beginning, right, and then mm-hmm. you jump into the moves. But uh, well, I, it's easily her best part. It's easily your best part. Yeah, so she comes onto the scene in a big way now and is taken seriously and is just thinking about the, this movie compared to, like, Wolf of Wall Street where she's just, like, this smoking hot chick that, like, everyone was, like, desperate mm-hmm. to get with. And, oh, man, it was just, I mean, it's perfect. And But, you know, she's really good as well. Um, and yeah, she, but then she was – because she wasn't – I mean, she wasn't, like, a triumph in that movie. She wasn't, like, the reason why people were loving that movie. And yeah. Then, she goes into like focus, and it's like, oh, that's a shitty movie. Okay, does she have any talent really, or is she just kind of hot? And then she goes and does Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad, and that was just awful. And she also had the same Brooklyn accent that she had in Wolf of Wall Street. So I'm like, how much really talent does this woman have? And then boom, I Tanya, and the scene with her putting on her makeup in the mirror uh, right before she goes out for the Olympics, and she's crying but trying to trying keep to keep it in so it doesn't together. run. Yeah. Oh man, that was a that was a really touching scene. It was really painful. Yeah, it was. I liked it. So, it was it was a really nice know. job though. I thought she was. We haven't really... even talked about Alice and Janney. I know. Well, that's kind of like the big ticket, right? I mean, that's why people yeah. go. You're going to see this movie in a way because it's like you know it. It's it. It looks like she's going to win best supporting. Um, and I don't know. Don't sleep on Lady Bird. Don't sleep on Metcalf. Chicago. Anyway, but yeah, it looks like she's the front runner. Yeah, it does. Um, with good reason. I mean, I guess uh, the smoking and the drinking was kind of put into the script. They didn't really, they don't didn't know that was part of the character. Yeah, they just had like. But I love that they had a small video of her with with a parakeet uh-huh. on her on her. It's <laughs> like, you know, keep that. Yeah, you got to keep that. Um, and I guess um, you know the actor. So we watched the actors on actors with Sam Rockwell and Allison Jenny, and she's talking about how uh, she was improvising with this parakeet, um, and kind of like that relationship they had is kind of improvised which is cool but uh, she did have it was on yeah that that footage of that little um whatever movie that documentary was filmed about the mom um mm. she is sitting there with that exact outfit it's crazy yeah it was really well done the costuming costuming and makeup is always the hollywood stuff it's incredible yeah and i also loved just going back to our boy rockwell i love that interview 
That was really cool. Yeah, he's so great. I mean, just the way he talks about the his approach and, and everything is it's so like down to earth and yeah, yeah. You know, I just mm-hmm. uh, you gotta get there. You gotta get there. So you know, I would just like take umbrellas and break them over rubber you trash cans. Break a rubber rubber trash can. Yeah. You know, people look at me yeah. like I'm crazy, yeah. but you know, I just I'm out here trying to make it happen. You know, <laughs> I gotta get there. <laughs> it's like what. <laughs> Um, and if I gotta laugh, you know, sometimes if I want to have a natural laugh, I just you know use a fart app. <laughs> We're uh, <laughs> the fart app. Yeah. Can you play us out today with a little bit of fart app? Yeah. Well, <laughs> just just a, a <laughs> audio of a fart app. Um. So where do you rank? Uh, you you think Allison Janney is neck and neck with Lori Metcalf or? Yeah, I mean, she's probably going to win. I'd prefer Laurie Metcalf, but she'll likely win. I think that's going to be about it for this movie. But overall, uh, it, also nominated it's deserving of everything editing. it's been nominated for. Okay, yeah, I don't think – I think film editing. I think a lot of the tech stuff's going to go Dunkirk. Yeah, but Dunkirk, and um, I'll do cinematography for Blade Runner. But uh, yeah, a lot of, of lot of film and sound for Dunkirk. Um, Mm-hmm. Mixing and all that stuff. I mean, the Baby Driver. Uh, I mean, it's, that's a cool nominee. I, I don't think it wins, but I mean, that's. I was like, oh man, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's a great, great soundtrack, great sound. Uh, the editing was really good in that movie. But uh, speaking of editing, I mean, okay, so film editing. I thought Allison Janney. I mean, great, great performance. It was amazing, but uh, she benefited a lot from the editing of how they cut the story together, where they would jump back to her, and she's like. Fucking hey, I think my storyline's getting cut out, and and we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, big yeah. laugh, big laugh. Um, whereas you know, Laurie Metcalf didn't really have the advantage. She was playing kind of like the villain in this incredibly raw, real story that wasn't really helped by any sort of flash editing or or kind of gimmicky, yeah. not gimmicky, but like kind of style it stylized filmmaking. Yeah. There's there and there was it was more real. There was there was less you know knife throwing and yeah. yeah. But I people really seem to respond to the, you know the the jerky. This is what it takes to be great. This is what it takes to be a champion. I mean J.K. Simmons is a walking example. Yeah. Right now. Yeah, yeah, it's true. The 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 tough love uh does well the tough love in the guy. supporting category. Um, yeah. yeah, but that I think that's well deserving and. Uh, you got Mary J. Blige from Mudbound also nominated, and uh, Leslie Manville in Phantom Thread, who was uh, who was pretty great. I slipped to see that. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, that'll be our next chop. Next chop, Phantom Thread and Darkest Hour. We're going to switch off and see each, or vice versa. Um, vice versa. Um, well, cool. So that uh, wraps up I, Tanya, in the post. Um, are you? Uh, I wanted to touch briefly on uh, on some binge worthy some stuff. Uh, Netflix has been just plowing along. Are you watching any of these things? I mean, Black Mirror has been out for a while. I watched the Black Mirror season. I loved it. Yeah, I was very about it, especially the one where they could um, uh, replay the the last night of your of your dreams or the last night of your when the woman like her and the guy cover up the body yeah throw the body in the in the, uh that one was i've watched that twice actually really that was your favorite uh, the, where like she she, yeah, she had to she one. killed everybody but forgot about the hamster but how about the hamster yeah i loved that one uh then the black and white one was pretty incredible um the the, the hang the dj the dating app one was i kind of had a few issues with it but i still really enjoyed it i mean those are like little mini hour-long movies yeah. that completely satisfy me the way that you know, I Tanya would. It's crazy. Uh, it's so. crazy that they, you know, they turn around and do like you know an hour long episode in a completely different um, 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Ideas, directors, cast. Uh, Metalhead was okay for me. I, I liked Hanging the DJ. It was kind of like that season's... Um, oh, uh, uh, San, what was the name of the one that won awards? Oh, yeah. Uh, San, Junipero. San Junipero, yeah. And then the, the first one yeah. was fun, too. Um, kind of that yeah, yeah. The, Jesse Plemons. Yeah. Bringing it all the way back. I um yeah. I also watched Rotten, which was like kind of like their uh, their food documentary series. Um, that was kind of cool. Okay. Uh, we got. Co- I just watched on Amazon. I watched Ghost Story with Casey Affleck and Rooney Mara. Oh, I oh I forgot about that. Yeah, I thought that was it supposed to. It is a s- slow burn. Really. It there's there's a scene where Rooney Mara eats a pie for ten minutes. And it's I'm that's not hyperbole. We sit there and watch her like dig into this pie for ten minutes in grief. It's like Jesus. It's uh, it's it gets kind of it picks up at the end. I, I at the end I was like happy I watched it, but man, you gotta have some patience. I forgot about the movie that that kind of came on the cusp of like getting into award season. We're like, all right, like let let's start paying attention to what are the, what's the good movies, and I'm mean, like that one yeah. when, or uh, that one was supposed to be really good and. You know, it's, you know, when when you come off an Oscar win, and also with Rooney Mara, you get some hype around yeah. you. And I never got around to it, but uh, not not. It's so- for free on Amazon if you have Amazon Prime. Yeah, but it's again, it's a slow burn. Go and go into it with some patience. Are you watching any of Comedians in Cars getting coffee now that's on no, Netflix? No, I haven't got back onto it yet. Did you? I mean, you've watched. The, I've watched the show in its entirety on Crackle. Yeah, me and you have watched a lot of them. I haven't watched every single episode. Me and Greg were just kind of when we had downtime toggle around to the people we thought were most interesting yeah yeah letterman louis ck bob odenkirk you know guys like that yeah and uh and my favorite super dave um i don't even know who super uh, dave is. um i bob einstein the guy okay. the guy that tells all those jokes uh from uh kirby enthusiasm oh are you talking about the Funkhauser? Yeah, Funk. Yeah, sorry, Funkhauser. But yeah, the, oh, okay. the guy, the guy's name is Bob Einstein. Oh, okay. Funkhauser is his character name. I gotta go watch that one now. <laughs> they're they're both really funny. He's talking like, so an Arab's crawling through the desert. Water, water, water. He's burning up. Uh, he finally gets to a to a to a Jewish tie salesman. He says, water, water. No, I don't got any water. I only sell ties. He's like, water, water. All right, uh, three miles that way, there, there's an inn. They'll get you some water. So he crawls off, and then, what, th- um, a week later, comes crawling back. Water, water. He's like, wait, they didn't give me any water at the inn? No, they, w- they wouldn't let me in without a tie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's pretty good. And he's just real, real like, rocking these jokes off the entire episode just because he – he wants to he wants to he wants to impress Jerry and, and to think that he's you know recorded a good good episode so Jerry will give him this Acura car so, so he's so he's trying like hell to like give give a good episode it's so great I'm reading Brian Cranston's book A Life in Parts right now mm-hmm. and I got through to the part where he's talking about his time on Seinfeld and how Jerry Seinfeld would just give him like slight alterations to his delivery and like they would just explode in laughter like it was just he was just talking about how what a comic genius Jerry Seinfeld was. Uh huh. Wow, Jerry would explode. No, like the crowd or oh would yeah, just, it would just work so much better. Like with just taking like a quick note from Jerry, just because he was so good at comedy. Yeah, God, Jerry's great. 
All right, well, let's wrap it up there. We're approaching a tight yeah. 40 set here. Um, yeah, why don't you play us off with some farts yeah. and some hold my hand. Hold my hand. My hand. <laughs> All right, you got it. Cool. All right, I appreciate it. Bye. All right, everybody, thanks for listening. Bye. With a little and some we'll walk upon the we'll rise above the